Welcome to the pod, everyone. A shout out to SGS. Hey, Rusty, why are we uh, partnering with SGS? Uh, uh, some, some, some good people there. Pretty excited about their sports coaching courses and sports courses. Keen to make them industry ready so when people leave, they're able to go and transfer it to any kind of industries, coaching, teaching, being an analyst, business, whatever it might be. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting times, really. So what's so special about their degree courses that others won't be doing? I think it'll be lots of uh, real good partnerships, uh, opportunities for people to, to get into different contexts and learn and practice. It'll be feel very applied. People will be stretched and supported and will leave you know, ready to just go and thrive in the uh, big old world out there. SGS College is the home of Bristol's higher education sports programmes. The programmes are designed to develop unique, innovative and creative sports practitioners ready for industry. Do you want to be a coach or teacher of the future? Start your journey here at SGS College and become more than just a graduate. Visit sgscol.ac.uk to apply now. Okay. We're good to go. Are you good, Ailey? Well, I've started, so we're going now anyway. Um, Ailey Gibson. Uh, thanks for uh, re- uh, putting up with my incessant WhatsApps in the last 24 hours, changing the time regularly. Um, it's good to have you on. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, sat um, in your parents' house overlooking Longleven, Lockleven, yeah, Lock-Leven. Which, um, which your parents have chosen not to paddle on. They've actually chosen to go and paddle in the sea. And you've had a bit of a drama this week, but that's all hopefully sorted. How are you? Are you well? Yes, I'm good, thanks. I'm really excited um, to do this. Yeah, all good. I'm mega excited, because uh, A, because of you, but also because of the, well, the stuff we've chatted about, about your kind of coaching stuff that you're trying to support with. So uh, should we start with like who you are, where you come from, have you got here, where did we meet type stuff, like a bit of a backstory? Oh God, the life story. Um, yeah, I'm from um, Lochleven, well, around Lochleven in Scotland. Um, I grew up here and got into canoe slalom because my parents paddled. I was pretty much dragged up on the river. We were coming along, if whether we liked it or not. Um, but swimming was always my sport. I much preferred that. Um, and then it kind of got to a, a point where I started just loving being outside. I found some friends in canoeing and realised that because I'd grown up doing it, I was actually okay so despite having started doing the competitive stuff a bit later I was managed to progress um reasonably well and yeah just kind of fell in love with being out on the river surfing waves um with my family and uh, with my friends and then luckily progressed through um British teams and stuff and I met you oh god that was a few years ago now at an EIS conference at the time, um, my coach Craig and I we did a we did a talk about athlete transitions and doing lots of different things because I was I did my degree in Edinburgh whilst also being coached and having the British canoeing base in London. So Craig worked with me over those four years to yo-yo back and forth between Scotland and and London. So we did a talk about that, and then you came up very excitedly at the end um, and. Yeah, had like some really cool points. Um, so it was it was awesome when you got back in touch to to do this. Nice. I'm always excited. I love the way you said I was okay. So what like when you said you were okay canoeing, like what's been the highs, what's been the stuff that your best memories? 
Um, I got on the junior team when I was 16 and I mean that first British team trip when you get to wear the tracksuit and you get to go we actually went over to America which was just it was just unbelievable I was like surrounded by all these British team athletes just had no idea how on earth I was there uh, walking my boat through the airport um, so that was really cool and then I've, I've also been on the senior team for for four years and um we became world team champions in 2017 with two of my teammates, which was just an unbelievable memory. And that race also came fourth individually. But to be honest, it's, it's, I think it's all the experiences as well that make it. It's, yeah, you have the results, but those highs have just been like getting to go to Australia and paddling in the sun or, I don't know, walking in the flag at the home world championships in 2015. Um, so, but I've also had quite a few lows where the last three years have just been this constant struggle with injury, which has actually led to me doing lots of my different projects. Um, so yeah, it's definitely been, it's definitely been a journey, um, but hopefully it's not over yet. No, nice. No, uh, you've already got me now concerned about the logistics of taking a canoe to Australia. So I'm already going like, and you know, when you landed Dubai, do you have to like get the canoe and put it on the new plane or stuff like that? But I'm, I, I never considered that you'd have to take your boat with you. Oh yeah, it's it's carnage. There's like twenty of you turn up. Well, if it's a big trip, there's yeah, there's twenty of you turn up to air, the airport with three and a half meter boats, paddles, <laughs> kit, and I mean yeah, like literally walking through London Heathrow with a boat, you get some pretty funny stares. Yeah, I'm stressed out now thinking about that. Because uh, I would definitely want to just travel with hand luggage and I'm not sure I'd get away with that. No, no, no. Uh, talk to me no, about Craig. So I'm definitely curious about your experiences of being coached. You're obviously trying to support some coaches now. But um, yeah, I was really taken. So when you guys presented, which I'm trying to think, it must have been like 2014 or something like that. Because it was, I'm sure I was with Fletch at the time. and. Um, I was quite taken that a there was a coach and, and a and a you so someone who was being coached presenting, which I really liked. And then also Craig was well, it was before he learned all the long words that he uses now, but he was it was it was a uh, yeah. We just have lots of stuff that were few of my biases around coaching. Quite frankly, I think if I recall the stuff we chatted about was like adapting. So how do you adapt? And therefore, so wouldn't you measure adapting as opposed to sticking to the plan? But yeah, to give give a give some yeah detail around the the Craig relationship. Yeah, so I mean, I've been incredibly lucky with the coaches that I've had in canoeing, from my first coach up in Scotland, Neil Caffrey, to then I Craig was the first um, British program coach that I worked with, and he started. I mean, poor Craig, he started with me. I was uh, eighteen and just about to start uni, four hundred miles away, and was adamant that I was gonna do my degree and do it well um and what I just loved immediately about Craig was he was it was I mean I'd, I'd received quite a lot of pressure to move down south um because I just got on the the world-class program but Craig was like right okay if you're going to uni then let's make this work it was never about well is this the right decision um it was clear to him that I'd made my decision and so he was like right let's 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 do it and so I'd come down to London I'd moved down every summer of uni all the holidays I'd be there 
happy to catch up every week. It was, yeah, it was for, for him, like in hindsight, it was such an incredible way to look at how to um, coach an athlete. And there were so many, we had like so many different um, girls in our training group. Um, so I, I worked with Craig for two years, I think, and then I, I've moved on and I've had a few different coaches since then. Nice. Three words to describe Craig Morris. Um, passionate, enthusiastic and um, thoughtful. Oh, wow. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh, he's going he's, he's gonna, to, we've given, given him too much smoke on this already. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting because obviously lots of it's um, it's now mandated in rugby that you study when you're uh, as you move into uh, being in a first team environment, and uh, there'd definitely be some places that would discourage it and some that would really encourage it and see the benefits of it um, from a personal development point of view. But I guess people aren't necessarily becoming millionaires as paddlers just yet, um, and so there is going to be life after canoeing, paddling. Yeah, we can hope. Um, yeah, I mean, I left school pretty academic and wanted to to make sure that I didn't waste that. And yeah, I, again, always aware that <clears throat> always aware that there is time after canoeing. And I mean, it's so funny to look at it in hindsight because it was, those four years were so challenging. I mean, to do that from such a distance, I had such incredible support from British Canoeing and Edinburgh Uni, but even then it was such a challenge and there were many days that I was in tears and overwhelmed. But I also think that the experiences, the confidence I gained, the experiences I had, the like different stimulus and challenge that I got at uni, I, I think that's made me a better athlete and has certainly set me up. I mean, this, my project slalom inspires, I know I couldn't have done that if I'd not gone to uni, not that it's anything to do with biomedical sciences, which is what I studied, but just that confidence and understanding and kind of growing up a bit that I don't think I would have done if I'd just been a full-time athlete immediately. Yeah, nice. Um, I'm going to get onto your project in a second because the other thing I'm curious about, and when we spoke the other day, you said actually, yeah, it was really interesting because you, you love your coach at the moment and actually something that happened, you know, you might change to another coach perhaps. And I remember speaking to Craig about like when you get allocated someone to coach, then, it's quite a, you know, it's a bit like a marriage, I guess. You might have a four-year cycle with someone. Let's hope marriages last longer than four years. But, <laughs> but it's one-on-one, -on -one, which is kind of freaky for me because I work in lots of team sports. But, I mean, it's clearly something you're really aware of. I mean, what is it like having one coach for you for a, for a cycle? Um, I've not actually worked with a coach for that long, two years two years when I've been on the British programme has been the max that I've worked with just because a variety of things have changed and people have retired and um yeah so I've, I've actually become experienced at building those relationships and actually the coach that I have at the moment it's funny because I haven't been I haven't been on the water properly like on the white water I've just because I've been rehabbing from my injury since the whole the whole time since he's coached me since November and so we've actually had to build a relationship where I mean it's much easier to build a relationship when you're on the water every day together and, and you have that um 
you're talking about canoeing whilst it's much harder to build that relationship when you're not so um yeah it's i hope that i'm with this coach for um a bit longer because i feel like yeah we've like it's mark proctor we feel like we've built like a nice relationship and i'm excited to get back on the water i'm like almost back on the white water and i'm excited to to see how that looks on the water as well um but yeah i think it is finding out how each other works is just the most important thing because everyone's going to work a bit differently but if you if you know how each other works and you know how to get the most out of each other i think how do you do that i mean i was <clears throat> my other question i was thinking about because we chatted to a couple of players who playing in the prem at the moment and we ended up kind of saying well actually you're gonna to have to build this relationship which is i never really think of it like that i always think well actually it's probably on the on the coach a little bit at what point did you think that it, it was like down on you a bit as well to to build the relationship so that's my first question have you always thought like that that actually i need to be intentional around this and then secondly well what does that look like like how does building a relationship look oh god good questions um thank you i think it was probably after i worked with craig that i started to understand that it was more i think i because i was i mean i guess like i was like 18 to 20 21 when i worked with craig so i think you like grow up a lot in that time period and you learn a lot and um so i think then i, I after that i understood that it was a bit more of like a two-way street um and i've worked with three coaches since then including the one that i've got at the m moment and i think really understanding that the more you give the more you're going to get back and i take a lot of confidence in being able to be myself if i know that that however i express myself it's gonna they're gonna understand where i'm coming from um and i think like you can only you can only get to a place like that when you're open and honest with each other um and i've forgotten the second question already uh, relationship so so building this relationship what does that look like what mm -hmm. give me some examples of things you are intentionally doing as a i don't like the word athlete as a person who's being coached to mm. to build that relationship as opposed to the coach driving some of that stuff um so a couple of things we've done when i've worked with new coaches is we've like gone through my video of the previous year racing or or that year racing that they've not coached me at and we've looked through and um we've got i've got their opinion on it and they've got my opinion on it but that's like more like canoeing specific um i think how Oh, I'm trying to think. Um... I love the way I've made you think. <laughs> I think almost just talking a lot and understanding, like asking the big questions, like understanding what worries you the most and what are you like, most afraid of or what you're most excited about. Because I think... I don't know. I think when you when a coach and an athlete can just like take down their barriers and just have a genuine, honest conversation, then you have that like mutual understanding. Yeah, no, no, it's good questions. Someone someone asked me the other day what makes you happy, and I think it's a great question. Mm. Um, and then you referenced being able to be myself. What? Why did you say that? Because I've just done a bit of work with a business and 
lots of the feedback came back around uh, I've probably been able to be myself more in the last three months. I've probably, you know, I've found out a bit more about myself type stuff. What, why did you reference that? Um, what are you thinking about when I, when I say you can be yourself? I think I, I worry a lot about what other people think. And I think in, in high performance sport, you, there is this, basically I'm someone that is always, I'm always going to give something my absolute best and I'm always going to try my hardest. And I, I, when I, cause I just get injured all the time. And when I used to get injured a lot, I used to really, really worry that people like my coach or people thought I was just faking it or making it up. Or, um, for example, at the end of a season, when we'd normally have a few weeks off, I'd be worried to take that time off. Or if at some point I'm, I just got to the end of my tether and was like, I need, I need a day to just, I don't know, sort all my uni work out or whatever. I'd worry that, that it, that a coach would just think I'm slacking or would think I'm not trying my best or would think I'm not a good athlete. And God, that just is just so much like extra time worry, <laughs> worrying. So I think actually Mark, my coach at the minute, quite early on, I'm not sure how we got into that conversation, but, I said that and he said I'm always I I come into this thinking that you're always going to be trying your best and um you've got that trust but if something oh what did he say sorry he basically said until you like break it I've I've got that trust and he's like and I don't think you're going to break it and I'm not someone that's going to do that so it was like it's all right I know where you're coming from and that just takes like this huge weight off of like making sure I say everything in a way that they understand that I'm still trying my best. And da, da, da. it's like, okay, I can just be like honest. I can just be myself. And I think the last year has been pr pretty, pretty challenging mentally. And I've been in some pretty bad places. So I think to have that trust of like, okay, someone's like got my backs, like they know me, then that's that's huge and I've been really lucky that and like with Mark like Craig Mark Delaney Rich like all my coaches we've we've got there it's just the like speed of getting there I like it um that's powerful from from Mark I mean that's a powerful thing to say to someone isn't it and it would kind of resonate with me me and Fletcher about this a lot and he nailed me the other day he said so Rusty so we talk about uh, tr COVID, uh, trust is about character and competence. And he said, so Rusty would trust people implicitly, but if he lost them on character, it would take them a long time to get back, if ever. And that is true. Like, mm -hmm. But I, I think it's a powerful thing to say, to tell someone that you trust them. Because the reason I ask you, I'm just curious, because I 100% speak to lots of people in performance environments who say, I can't be myself. And that's like, sounds exhausting. Yeah. I'm, talking about, I'm talking about players and coaches who every day the politics the you know having and you know and actually just those as you said those the big questions like what scares you what excites you and also maybe even just having a conversation around trust and mm -hmm. you know some people would tend to so I used to work with a I used to play with and work with a guy at the RFU and he just he just said look I start from minus one so 
I'm really skeptical about trusting people. Mm-hmm. And then you can build it up. I would start at 10 and you can work your way down. And if, if you let me down, you'll probably go down quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, even that's an interesting, and, and, and interestingly, all the coaches you mentioned so far have got, uh, have got names of men. Uh, yes. So have you had a female coach thus far? No, I've never had a female coach. My mum coached me a little bit when I was younger because she's a paddler, but um, I've never had a formal female coach, no. Nice. And I like the paddler identity thing. It's good. Um, so, uh, and tying that in with the fact that you say you always give your best, which I'm sure you're, you're about to. So you've got this. Do you want to kind of explain the project you've been uh, beavering away at? Um, yeah, so in, just after I graduated in 2018, I was injured, classic, and had suddenly had loads of free time in my hands and was immediately bored. Um, and so I've always had this kind of passion for women and girls in sport. So I decided to, to run this event for the girls of our sport. And I mean, at first it was ridiculous. I was going to have like every girl in the UK that does canoe slalom come to the Lee Valley course and we're going to run a million workshops. I was quickly, um, quickly told by my brother that that was a bit unrealistic. Um, however, what we ended up doing was running this event where we had 60 girls come from all over the UK um, to Lee Valley, the Olympic course. And we put on, we had like girls only canoeing sessions. We had loads of female coaches. We had inspiring workshops from body image to um, studying alongside canoeing and then like fun team building went rafting and stuff like that and I mean I wasn't really expect didn't really know what I was expecting and like it was just this it was just like a magical weekend there's don't really know another way to describe it I mean like the girls seemed to love it the volunteers all were like oh my god this is amazing the parents were like this is so cool and it was quite obvious that we kind of needed to continue it um so then we were like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And that was, that was when Slalom Inspires was born. Um, so so Slalom, that, it sounds like uh, Slalom Inspires is the difficult second album because when you say magical weekend, like w- w- what stuff are you thinking about during that weekend when you say it was magical? What's the bits that are coming to your mind? Um, so parents coming up and saying or coaches coming up and saying that um most of the time their girls are are sat in in an eddy in the river it's like a a recirculating bit but so normally sit at the side and the boys are all playing and messing about and and having fun and the girls are like a bit nervous to join in but actually because it was all girls sessions everyone was a bit nervous but they kind of we'd put them in groups where people were at similar levels so they actually be like, well, I'm a bit nervous to do this, but so am I. So should we try it together? And it was just that change in dynamic. And um, I'll, I'll some um, anecdotes from the other weekend. So in 2019, we ran uh, four events. We had three regional events, one in each home nation for our younger girls, and then another national event um, at Lee Valley. And we had Catherine Granger come and talk at the national event, which was just like, like unbelievable she's like my ultimate hero she went to edinburgh uni like she's just badass i just think she's amazing um and she came and spoke and she talked about how she balanced doing her well studying her phd with rowing and one of the wee girls had said well she's just about to apply to uni and she doesn't know if she can study alongside trying to be an athlete didn't think she could study alongside 
canoeing and she wanted to study law and Catherine had studied law and Catherine just said I mean in front of a room of like 80 people she was like do it if you want to do that you'll be able to like back yourself like you you'll be able to do that you'll be able to find a way and oh she just came away with this incredible role model and someone that was like you know what yeah I can do what I want to do we had I've had other girls that are so like come so shy that they don't say anything to then like making some friends in the sport that they can go and see on when they're at races they can go see they've they've got friends that's on the start line and and that's what brings them back and for me it's it's now about the um what canoeing or or sport can do for you in your life yeah if you want to be an olympic athlete great and we'll support you with that but it's it's more than that it's about like the confidence you build the friendships the skills that you get to to become the best version of yourself um and then that brings us on to this project flow sorry a bit of a ramble here um so we've literally just launched a couple of weeks ago um project flow which is female leaders on water and we are going to support a group of aspiring female coaches um, to level up their confidence and skills in coaching. We've just closed the applications the other day and we've got 23 coaches, which is, I mean, beyond anything I could possibly have imagined. And bear in mind, we're a small sport, but like 23 young girls that are coaching all over the UK is just amazing. So part of this project, we're going to um, pair them with an experienced coach in paddle sport as a mentor. We're going to help put them through their coaching qualifications and try and like really promote them as the incredible role models that we are and um, that sorry that they are um in the community and hope that each of them will then take someone under their wing so we start to create this network of female coaches nice so you're going to grow it so they're eventually going to become the mentors for other coaches hopefully um, yeah. nice what, what have you got in store for them what type of things um, so we're working with UK coaching and British canoeing to hopefully give them some coach development. A lot of the girls, we, we spoke to quite a few of them before the, the applications and a lot of them feel very isolated um, coaching kind of on their own in South Wales or North Scotland. And a lot of them don't feel confident in their own skills as a coach. So the idea is that we we bring them all together and they realize that they're not the only ones they can build this network of support um but also if we work with coach developers they're their mentors um to hopefully at the end feel like they've got more confidence in their own skills as coaches and hopefully build on those skills nice so they're going to get together a bit as well i mean it'd be pretty i'm imagining you're going to be using a bit of zoom at the moment yeah i i, I know i guess I guess that's the power of of Zoom. Like we'll be able to bring them all together virtually at the start. And I then... imagine they all live in places where the the Wi-Fi isn't that good. <laughs> I mean, like it's quite a. Like you've already. I mean, you show me outside of your window, and I'm thinking, have you got a Wi-Fi signal? Yeah. <laughs> but they'll be in pretty. I would imagine remote places, often near water, would be my guess. Yeah, we've got a really cool mix actually. Um, six Scottish, three Welsh, and. 17 English no that's poor maths sorry um 15 oh, thank you yes um so it's a really cool mix so I, and I guess that's great with virtual we can bring everyone together and do stuff like 
as as a whole group but then we'll also be able to hopefully when we're allowed to meet up again um do some stuff with different pockets and and maybe like a celebration event at the end um all together right. so what, what did the application look like what type of stuff did they have to submit did there was there any kind of video or any stuff like that going on um no but oh, i wish i'd done did that not, then you could like play back in 12 months time some of their stuff oh you can do it now you can do it now it's fine it's fine that's true that's true that is a great idea yeah i um, just because because they're going to have an amazing journey with you so to actually um signpost some of the amazing stuff they've done would be pretty cool wouldn't it remember yeah. the person from 12 months ago yeah that's true that's a great idea that was kind of although we didn't do video that was one of the re so on the application we asked uh i mean all the boring stuff what coaching you do at the minute um what canoe club you're from but also like what your goals are in coaching um and some of the barriers that they feel like they're facing and uh, so many of them it was improve confidence in coaching get my coaching qualifications and um there's a real mix of people that do have some coaching qualifications and some that don't have any but very few of them are like set with all their qualifications and pretty much all of them have said they wanted to they wanted to do that so oh I think it would be so cool to look back yeah at the end of the project and say this is where you were to start with and we need to call me and you to chat through some stuff yeah right? what's the uh, what's the coolest kind of dreams that you've heard from them like or goals I'm calling them dreams you're calling them goals what's the um lots of them have said that they would really love to be like a role model for girls coming into the sport coming into coaching they'd like to start their own little girls group to to get more women into canoeing which is super cool and yeah. um, i really loved one of the applications that said um she already does some coaching at an outdoor um an outdoor oh god i've lost the word some sort of outdoor place yeah. and she was like, I love, cause she's, I think she's like 21 or something. And she said, I love turning up to, to sessions and being this like small girl that everyone underestimates and on like showing my skills and, and being a great coach. And so I just thought that was, that was just badass. So. Yeah, that is badass. Yeah. And, 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 a couple, and what barriers? So what type of things have you heard about barriers? Um, I kind of mentioned that feeling pretty isolated um a lot so we have quite a few young ones a couple of 14 15 16 year olds oh wow um, we're gonna change the world yeah no it's mint there's yes yeah, super cool well, the oldest so 14 15 youngest to what age does it go up to um most of them are under most of them are under 23 um and then we've got two ladies that are in their 50s oh wow so yeah quite a cool mix yeah class um, so yeah, I think some of the younger ones feel like almost like unsure, unsure of where they are because they're quite young. They feel like they're not given responsibility, but they also don't know if they can necessarily know what to do if they had that responsibility. So I think if we just, if we can give them the confidence in themselves, then that's just going to help paint their journey. Um, what are the barriers? What are the barriers are you hearing? for female coaches um 
specifically for the female side of things, a couple of people have definitely said because I'm a girl, either they're given less responsibility or they feel, sorry, I should say, they feel like they're given like, uh, like the, the more like the beginner groups and the intermediate groups rather than the advanced groups yeah. or that if the athletes are like, say they're in a, they're coaching in a club and the paddlers are allowed to choose who to get the top ones won't cho- choose, um, the female coach. Um, which is frustrating. Um, but I, I think, I think you just got to start somewhere and you just got to start changing like those unconscious biases. So I hope that if we can just kind of bombard the media and social media with images of female coaches and take over the, take over the grassroots level of loads of female coaches. And that's how we start to change um, people's opinions. Yeah. Nice. And you just, if, if, if each year you're 23, and I think I did the maths wrong earlier, I think it was 14, but uh, uh, if you're, uh, if they then start to adopt some other people and connect with them, then you've suddenly got a pretty cool coaching Ponzi scheme going on, which I like a lot. Bit of a pyramid uh, scheme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But a legal one, a legal yeah. one. Um, and, and then I connected you with Demi, so I was curious as to, so just to, just to, get, to give people context, Demi Dowley works for GB Hockey, and she's running a, quite frankly it's amazing i think like a female coaches uh, program because i mentor a couple of the ladies on it on their acp and i can actually see them visibly growing like yeah. it's like it's ridiculous i love what you said by the way about i'm this little coach that people underestimate i think that's cool isn't it yeah um so what was your chat with demi like what type of stuff did you hear from hockey Oh, it was brilliant. They, her project, Fair Game, um, is kind of similar, actually, with what we've ended up coming up with with Slalom and Sparse, but just on a bigger scale. And she was she was talking about how they'd they'd handpicked, I think, thirty five coaches, and doing a similar thing. But the what I really loved about her project is they'd worked worked with a coach developer around certain themes um, that there would deliver a talk on or a couple of talks on um and they got like amazing speakers to, to come and do these talks um and and then the coaches would go off and, and do some work on that so i really like the idea that being a bit more structured and i mean i think it's we'd obviously need to make sure that we tailor it to like the age group and stuff of the girls that we have and the levels that we have but i really like that so they did um bits on like relationships they did uh coach film work on confidence and that's and then some technical stuff as well so i've yeah she's very kindly sent me through um all of her stuff and her research and so i'm gonna steal a few ideas off her nice i've got a few well i've got a few, i've got a million connections for you i've got loads of people that i'm now thinking about would be amazing to connect with for your thing and I also connected you with Phoebe but I don't know if you've spoken yet have you with Phoebe Schechner we've not spoken no not yet um but yeah I think being connected to all these people is really great for me because I mean I'm not I'm not a coach I don't come from a coaching background um so and I'm just really really keen to get advice and and 
um, ideas off people that are much more experienced than me to make sure that like what we're like the program that I'm trying to run is is tailored to coaches and stuff rather than I want it to benefit the girls I don't um that's like the main thing um nice if you were a coach what would you be thinking I'm just curious because you've been coached for a long time what would be uh let's imagine that uh, on the first uh, zoom get together with all the female coaches someone said to you oh uh, Ailey could you just tell me what's the, what's the five most important thing for coaches in your experience of having been coached and and won a world uh, a world championship and carried a flag out as well um listening to your athletes having no ego and or as egoless as humans we can be um <laughs> why why did you say that um i think because I, I, just, I think it's my because of Craig's ego because of Craig's ego. <laughs> <laughs> learning from Craig. um I think just in everything that you do if you if you are willing to learn and know that you can never know everything then you're always going to be being better and also knowing that it's okay to be wrong and accept when you're wrong but just like learn from that and yeah. I think that's that's important in everything and I think like even more so than a coach because if if you both athlete and coach just come together and there's not an ego and you know that you're just there both to make this um I don't know I'm doing stuff with my hands here but like togetherness yeah I thought you were gonna say to make this flower grow <laughs> well that would yeah that's much better way um cool so we got listening uh we'll no ego we got we got uh, three to go um someone that's like got you that's like in your corner cool i agree um, with that as well i think all too easy as coaches we we don't back people or we, we we put limitations on them or we put them in a box and tell them they can and they can't do certain things yeah and as you we need to fight for the kids would be my view yeah i agree and my coach richard Hinslow. i don't know if you know richard he was an olympian in 2012 and 2016 he is like um he's a very loud like just direct person and when he first started coaching me he was like I am in your corner 100% and it was like it almost like took me aback it was like he backed me more than I backed myself which was like really cool and like I really loved that yeah that's class um, uh so what was the fourth one I think like hard working like you you want a coach to put in as much work as as you do or yeah um and the other one is caring about the athlete as an individual first nice this is good i'm just writing this down so i can practice being a better coach this is excellent <laughs> what i mean what what are your hopes for it so let's fast forward in four or five years time what's the mission oh my I think I would love much, by the way, I love how much you're thinking about this stuff. It definitely <laughs> shows that I, I sent you no questions in advance. And, and we're making this up as we go along, which I like. <laughs> oh, this is the opposite. I'm normally a big planner. Yeah, um, that's why I haven't given you any uh, prep. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I'd love for this to be like a yearly program. So the girls are going to be on it for nine months. And then I think we'll use those next three months to um, like debrief, uh, learn and make the program for the next year. So I'd love for, and if all of the girls at the minute take a, a buddy under their wing, then it might be those people that come onto the program next year. Um, so I'd love it for it to be a yearly program, but I'd also mainly love to see from sorry from slalom and spires point of view it'd be like fantastic for it to be a yearly program for us like for girls to go into like the performance pathways or club roles if they want to do that but i think the main thing is and with all that we do is about those individuals and them feeling that they've gained confidence or skills or friendships or things that help them get jobs in the future, whether it be coaching or not. Um, and it's just another way of using sport to like, as a vehicle for people to grow as humans. Um, so yeah, I think there's like two different sides of it. Um, but it would be fantastic. I mean, at the moment we've got two employed female coaches in like above club level. So as in like, uh, performance pathway or performance in canoe slalom too compared to um 18 plus men um and i'd absolutely love to see more girls uh in those roles um nice i think you're going to have some cool stories in five years time i hope so i hope so especially when you video the interviews um <laughs> and the other thing i was thinking about was and i guess you'll have discussed it with demi but actually putting those um everyone together on a call to actually see this occurring in other sports as well, I think would be pretty powerful. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I hadn't actually thought of that with Demi's girls, which would be amazing. There's also a basketball program that UK sport are um, running. I think it's called hashtag uh, all one or something like that. Um, all girls. That's it. And that's a similar thing where they're getting female coaches into basketball. So I think it would be really cool to do some cross sport stuff because I mean, when I've done that as an athlete, when I was, I was in the intensive rehab unit over in Bisham a couple of years ago, and it was so great because it got to, like, like there were other athletes in it from different sports and you very rarely actually get to uh, chat to athletes from different sports. So I think that would be really cool for the coaching girls as well. Nice. Were some of the sevens girls in intensive rehab with you? Um, yes, Zoe Harrison. She yeah. was a rugby player in, in the rehab unit. And then I had some para rowers, skier, uh, a rower, lots of, we had a whole bunch. Nice. Uh, I, I liked your uh, running analogy you kind of spoke about beforehand with uh, female coaches and the kind of barriers. Do you want to kind of enlighten people on that? God, I don't know if it's much enlightenment, but um, so I think when you, so for example, coaching jobs have just gone out with British Canoeing at the moment and, um, or, or these coaching jobs. And if there's no women apply, then it's, I think it's really easy to be like, well, the opportunities are there. Why aren't females applying? But I think for me, I like look at it as if it's a running race. So you've got a male and a female starting this running race and they both start together and then say so you have a first hurdle in the female's lane and that might be that um you come to a when they start canoeing they go to a canoe club and there's not very many small boats because all the boats that have been passed down are from 
nails. So that might be the first barrier of even getting into the sport. So some will drop out after that, but some will carry on and then they'll, they'll carry on and then there'll be another barrier that is um, lack of female role models. So there's very few uh, female coaches in canoe slalom and that will discourage people from being part of the sport or being coaches and you see that and when it get when you get to the end of the race there's going to be more boys finish the race and and apply for those coaching jobs than there are going to be girls because lots of them will have dropped out because of all these barriers and i i need to make it clear that like of course men are going to face barriers boys and men are going to face barriers in sport but they do face far few gender-based barriers and that's why there's fewer people or no women applying for coaching jobs and so i really hope that well with what we're doing with slalom inspires is is if we're either helping take away these barriers or giving like a couple of steps run up to the hurdle that more people will be able to get over those hurdles and over time that takes them away yeah no i like your analogy um i think even just adverts and how they are worded and interview panels and whether or not there's you know females on the on the panel would would also help as well mm -hmm. um what about you what about the next kind of few years the um, olympics obviously postponed uh, you missed qualification because of injury did you yeah um, i always think you're about 30 but you're not i only think you're 30 because you're like you, you you're really wise <laughs> but uh what's the what's the ambitions around the paddling stuff um so at the minute i'm on my rehab journey back i'm back on the flat water and i'm really hoping to be on the moving water and then white water in the next few weeks or a few months um the last year has been pretty turbulent with if my shoulder is going to get better but thankfully it does seem to be settling down so i'd really like to make another go at um being an athlete and trying to achieve my dreams as i said as you said i've missed qualification for tokyo but um yeah i'd really love to to continue being a full-time athlete um and also grow slalom inspires and and hopefully help more people along the way um and then we'll we'll kind of see how it goes nice i've got to ask phil Llewellyn's question because you you looked at it on twitter and you went oh that's quite a tough question um, I think it was about what's your best mistake and well, what's it afforded you. So uh, what were you thinking about when you read Phil's question? Um, I, oh, I, I don't know if I read it right. What did I read it? Um, I read it as what is like my biggest mistake. So I don't know if that probably changes it. Um, I'm just trying but, to put a positive spin on it. You yeah, know? I know. <laughs> Um, my biggest mistake, I think, with Slalom Inspires has been um, not delegating well enough. Um, and I think when I got to a place where I was like, this is way too much for me to do on my own and like trusted myself and trusted other people to like delegate things to. And I, well, not, not necessarily delegate, that's the wrong word, but like bring more people in for the Welsh event this year, which ended up being virtual. We had like this incredible group of women that came together to help me organize it and actually it was it was better than i could have imagined and we had like everyone just brings their different perspective and ideas and so actually made it way better and i had 
a lot more time because they were willing to take on jobs. Um, so it just augmented the experience completely. So I think my biggest mistake has not been doing that earlier. Um, I would recommend uh, having some ideas like you've had and then helping getting other people to help you fill in the blanks. Yeah. They'll definitely bring some some cognitive diversity, some different thinking to it, to you. And you'll probably end up with a better product. And as you say, you'll have more time to yourself. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think even like just chatting to you and you put me on to Demi and lots of different people, you realize that people are out there doing this stuff and they just don't live in my brain. So yeah. <laughs> actually it's much better if I go and talk to them. Yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Look, Ailey, it's been awesome chatting. Um, if people want to reach out and get in touch with you, you apparently you go on Twitter twice a week. So I think we were joking. Craig's on there about every five seconds. <laughs> um, um, what's the best place people can reach out to you? Um, my Twitter is Ailey Gibson Four, or Slalom Inspires is probably easier to spell. Um, we're Slalom Inspires on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our website's just slalominspires.com. And it'll just be me that gets those um, those messages or emails. So yeah, please do get in touch if you've got ideas or yeah, whatever, want to chat stuff through. Nice. I've got so many ideas now we've spoken. <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure. Have an awesome day and have a safe travel back down from Scotland when you come down as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for this opportunity. Yeah, it was, it was really good fun. Cheers, Ailey. Cheers.